You have been listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church. We invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For more information, visit day3church.com. My, my extended family, that's uh, so something I, I think they've been thanking for every day. And I'm thankful for my family and everything he's done for us. I thank God for my salvation, uh, for uh, bringing me out of the slump that I was in from my uh, alcohol addiction and drug addictions. He just brought me a long way. You're thankful for God for what? Mommy and Dad. I thank God for life and just enjoying being here in this church. Uh, everything, my family, my life, uh, the chance to try to spread the word and uh, bring more people to it. Thankful for God uh, blessing me with the ability to play music. I thank God for the many blessings that He's given me every day and. For my wonderful family and for some amazing friends. Thank God for my family. For God keeping my mom here after her cancer. That's it. I thank God for like what He's done in my life as far as getting me through school. Getting me. I thank Him for uh, every every my family. Um, I have the most the best family I could ever ask for. Um, everything He's given me as far as uh, where I'm at in my life. Uh, him dying for me has done everything for me. I thank God, thank God for everything. For everything. I thank God for that, that I am able to be called his child. I can't tell you how precious that is. Saving a wretch like me. Oh, nobody can even imagine. Nobody can even imagine that God would want me as one of his children. I just have to say everything. I mean, changing my life, being a huge influence in the decisions that I made, and the people that I've come to know, and enjoying life. Good morning. I thank God um, that He's called me to serve Him in the unique way that He's called me. I am so blessed for His love, for His salvation, for His grace that um, he loves me enough to die on the cross for my sins. Amen. And I'm just thankful for my family and for my friends and my church um, and the fact that he gives life to me each and every day um, so that I can fulfill his ministry. Very good. Uh, I am thankful to God that he saved me from uh, really a wretched, miserable life. I praise God. Uh, for the life he's given me, given me meaning and purpose, uh, given me an incredible wife and family. I'm blessed beyond what I deserve. I thank God for Day 3 Church. I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to God for my two grandchildren, and on Christmas Day, my third grandchild is going to be born. Praise God. I'm thankful for a good family, a good church, and a good life. I'm just thankful to the Lord for being alive and for being at day three and serving at day three. It's such a blessing. I'm thankful for all my friends and family and my wife and all the blessings God has given us. And I'm thankful for uh, family and for friends and for my husband. We've had a wonderful year this year. 
thankful to God for the family that He's given me and the love that I feel here at Day 3 Church. Yeah. I'm thankful for God that uh, I'm able to worship uh, freedom in a way I want to. I'm thankful to God because He is always constant in my life. Um, no matter if I'm going through my ups or downs, like He's always there, and He always lets me know um, that He's there and beside me. And um, I just love Him. I'm just thankful for all the ways that He's blessed me and my family. Okay, I'm thankful to God for my family, my church, Preacher Lynn, and Preacher Daryl. Uh, I'm thankful for salvation most of all. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my church family. I'm thankful for my health. I'm just thankful for the many blessings he sends me every day. I'm thankful for God for my family and all that he provides for us. I'm thankful to God for uh, my church family and also my regular family and what a blessing they are to, to come each week uh, to a place that uh, loves the Lord. I'm thankful for uh, our church, I'm thankful for my family, and I'm thankful for Preacher Lynn and the Daryl for everything they do for us here at this church. You know, just being alive and having a place in heaven and being able to worship God in this church and having a ministry, youth ministry here. And I just thank God for everything. I'm thankful for God for my good health. He has blessed me so much in this area. You know, at my age, uh, I can still do a lot of things, and uh, I'm just so thankful for that. Well, praise God for that I got to know him when I came here to America. And praise him, I'm thanking him that I can uh, live with him forever. And I praise him even for this life that I have here right now, to praise and worship him and to tell others about him. I just love the Lord, and I'm thanking him for that. He took me out of a world of sin, and still is, but um, that he saved me and that I can live with him. Thank you. For God, for my life, for my family, um, you know, sometime during my life, you know, I was stirred the wrong way, and if it wasn't for the Lord, he would have never gave me a right life. I appreciate everything he's done for me and my family, and thank there is a God, because I couldn't live my life without him. For this Thanksgiving, I am thankful for my church family, my family, and most importantly, my God that saved my soul. A lot of reasons to be thankful for. A lot of them were detailed out in the video. Uh, a lot of people were saying they were so thankful for family. And uh, to kind of put that in perspective in our, in our first service, uh, we had a young lady, uh, Andrea, who stood up thanking God for all he had done for her. And she lost her husband at age 34 just a couple of weeks ago. Puts in perspective your family. Uh, as we were having our fellowship time, my oldest daughter Jessica came up and told me about a man that she works with who uh, lost his wife. Uh, and they had small children, lost his wife to, was it breast cancer? Uh, so, uh, you know, we need to pray for that family uh, as they face this Thanksgiving. <clears throat> having uh, mentioned that today we're focusing on being thankful to God. Next week, we're going to focus on being thankful for others. And um, I want to kind of prelude that a little bit, not to raise one ministry above another. Everything that any of you people do here are extremely important, whether it's greeting someone, uh, teaching kids, or whatever the case might be. 
But as we mentioned last week, Wendy Newell will be having uh, surgery this past week, which she went through. I, I think she was scheduled. Did she come home yesterday, or is it going to be today? Uh, what? She did come home yesterday. They thought might get to come home yesterday. So it'll be a, uh, a few weeks before uh, she's up here. But we're thankful that God brought her uh, through the surgery. Uh, I so much appreciate what she does and, and our other worship leaders do and the people that's involved in worship because they kind of help set the table and the atmosphere for what I get to do here. Uh, and I want to say that in advance to prompt your thinking between now and next week so you will come and maybe be ready as you walk in these doors to thank some people for what they do as you see them uh, next week. <clears throat> this week is Thanksgiving. That's why we're doing the service the way we are. That's why we did the testimony. But what is Thanksgiving really about for us? I mean, especially as Christians. Is Thanksgiving uh, just about turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes and gravy and pumpkin pie? Uh, you know, some of you are anticipating that. I might have caused some of your mouths to start to water a little bit uh, in, in advance. Uh, but, guys, we need to understand that Thanksgiving goes so much more beyond just a meal that we sit down with our family members and get to experience. We need to understand, especially those of us that know Christ as our Savior, we need to understand what thanksgiving really should be about and how thankful we should be for everything that God has done for us. What I'm going to do today is kind of do a quick overview of Psalm 95. And we're going to talk about the topic that I've already mentioned, saying thank you to God and why we ought to say thank you to God. So if you have your Bible uh, with you, follow along. It'll also be on the screen. Uh, for you, and let's look at these verses, and then I'm going to give you about four main thoughts as to why we ought to be thankful for God. And as I mentioned in announcements, I'm going to give an opportunity for you, as did people in the videos, to say why you are thankful to God. A couple of rules behind that. When we get to that point in the service, when you stand up, be loud enough for the people to hear it all across the auditorium when you give God thanksgiving. And here's why. What you say can bless somebody else. And, and that's even why we're given the opportunity for this, for you to stand up and thank God, and it be a blessing uh, for other people as you do that. Uh, also, uh, you know, no one stand up and give like 10-minute testimony <laughs> or anything like that because we want to have the chance for as many people as possible to stand up and just in a quick, concise way Say thank you to God for what he has done for your life. So that's coming up in a few minutes. And I just want you to be aware of it up front. <clears throat> Let's look at this psalm. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. 
Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Why should we be thankful to God? I want to give you four big reasons, a lot more reasons than I can give you today. It's not an exhaustive list. But just out of this psalm, four big reasons why you and I, who know Christ as our Saviors especially, why we should be thankful to God. Here's the first one. We ought to be thankful to God because God provided for us the rock of our salvation. That's what we're told in verse 1. There's an invitation given us there. An invitation for us to worship God. An invitation for us to come before Him with thanksgiving. For us to come before Him with joy. Even with shouting. It says, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Jesus Christ is a rock of our salvation. As I said earlier, as I read out of Ezra, He's the foundation upon which our salvation is built. I want to look at some of the verses real quickly for you to get a picture of Jesus being that rock. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, the Bible says this, They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. The verses we're reading in Psalms today, and that I just read in 1 Corinthians, talks about when the children of Israel were going through the wilderness. They had been set free from bondage, and they're out in the wilderness. They start to complain and be critical because somehow the God that got them out of Egypt, they must have not thought he'd be able to sustain their lives for some reason. And they start to complain about some things. And God told Moses to go up to this rock and strike the rock with his staff. He did it another time later and got Moses in trouble because that rock, as we're told here in this passage of Scripture, is Jesus. And for that rock to be smitten the second time gives a picture of Jesus being smitten the second time, and that will never happen. Jesus came the first time to go to the cross for our sins. He's coming back the next time to take charge and to take over, to rule and reign as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But here Moses goes and he hits this rock. They're complaining because they're thirsty. And water comes out of the rock, and they drank from it. And it said they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. Now, I may blow your logical mind this morning. I want to tell you up front, there are some things about God that are illogical. (laughs) There are some things about God that you can't just figure out. And here's what I think the Bible teaches. I believe that rock that provided water followed them and went with them as they traveled. Now, you can believe whatever you want to, but it said that rock accompanied them. I mean, there's some big miracles that happened when they were going across the wilderness. It said that their shoes didn't wear out and their clothes didn't wear out. I wish I could find shoes and clothes like that for my kids when they were growing up. How about you? Somehow they just grew with them. We've got an all-powerful God. We don't need to limit him. 
And this rock accompanied them. And we're told here in the Bible that the rock was Christ. So you need to understand this. God has provided the rock of our salvation in Jesus Christ. He is the foundation upon which we can stand before a holy and a righteous God because Jesus went to the cross and died for us. And by faith in him, we have a foundation to stand on. Look what else the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 21 tells us this. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. But instead, now because you've trusted in Christ, you're fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Jesus has our foundation. We are built upon him. It's upon him that we stand. He's the rock of our salvation. The Bible tells us this in 1 Peter chapter 2, <clears throat> in verse 6. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious stone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. See, we have all the reason in the world this week of Thanksgiving, if you know Christ is your Savior, to be ever so thankful because you'll never be put to shame. You can trust in some people and wish you had not done it because people will let you down, disappoint you when you start putting trust in the wrong areas. You can trust in Jesus and never, ever, ever be ashamed because He always, always, always is faithful and true. This week, we ought to be thankful to God because he provided the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ himself. We also ought to be thankful to God for this reason. Because God is the great God and the great King. Look look what's said in verse 2 through 5. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. That's what this week is about. That's what we ought to be doing, thanking him. And extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. What that means is this, because don't misread it. He's not saying that, you know, God's the main God and there are a lot of other gods. See the little G? All the other gods were false gods. All the other gods were idols that could do nothing. Our God proves how great he is. Our God proves he is a great God and a great King By what he does. Look what's said in verse 4. In his hands are the depths of the earth. And the mountain peaks belong to him. Another way of looking at that would be to say this. Go as deep as you want to go. And as high as you want to go. And it all belongs to God. Because he made it all. It says the sea is his for he made it. And his hands form the dry land. All that's imagery of of, of God creating everything. We're told in the Bible that Jesus is God's agent of creation. We're told in the Bible that Jesus actually spoke creation into existence. You want to understand how great our God is? He didn't have to bend over and manufacture anything. By his willpower through the word of his son, he said, let it be, and it was there. Our God is a great God. He proves it by what he has done. He proves it as... Through his actions. If you want the greatest picture of our God, he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. And when the world thought they were done with him, 
On the third day, he took his life back up again. We ought to be thankful because our God is a great God and a great king. Some of you are sitting around waiting for politicians to sort out our mess and to fix our culture. And if you're dependent upon that, I'm sorry if this offends you, but you are crazy, okay? You've got some loose bolts and some nuts somewhere that you've lost. Politicians will not fix anything. I'm not waiting on a different president or a different senator or a different governor or whatever the case might be. I'm waiting one day on a king to come and fix everything. That's our hope. That's what we need to depend upon, and that's why we ought to be thankful today. We also ought to be thankful to God for this reason, because God's our maker and our shepherd. Look what verse 6 in the first part of verse 7 says. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we're the people of his pasture. The flock under his care. Why should we be thankful to God? Why should we bow down? Why should we kneel? That verse and a half there gives us plenty of reasons. We ought to be thankful. We ought to worship God. We ought to kneel before him because he's the Lord. He's called the Lord in that verse. And when you read that in the Hebrew, it means he's a self-existent, eternal God who's always been and will always be. That's why we ought to be thankful. That's why we ought to kneel down to Him. Because He is our maker. He's our creator. You've got in Genesis the image of of God saying, let there be light, you know, and and creating everything that's there. Jesus speaking into existence. But you also had this picture in Genesis of God being intimately involved in creating man and God stooping low and God forming us out of the dust and God breathing His life into us. He is our maker. He's our creator. That's why we ought to be thankful. He's the giver of life for us. He's our shepherd because it says we're the people of his pasture. That means he's looking out for us. He's watching for dangers coming our way. He's caring for us. He's feeding us. He's guiding us. We ought to be thankful to him for all those reasons. That verse said this, come let us bow down. Let us kneel. Can I ask you a question? How long has it been since you got on your knees before God? How long has it been since... I'm not talking about you're riding down the road and you think, I better have my morning prayer. I'm talking about how long has it been since you, in a serious, solemn way, recognized how great God is, all that He's done for you, that he's your maker and that he's your shepherd, and you kneeled before him. How long has it been since you've done that? Sometimes at the end of our services, some people will come. Sometimes I notice that it's, you know, sometimes the same people that will come and and, and kneel often. And before you start being self-righteous and think to yourself, well, they must be messed up, I've got news for you, you're messed up. We all have sinned. We all fall short of God's glory. So how long has it been? And the reason I'm asking it so serious is that God laid upon my heart for us to call a timeout in this message. And for me to give you the opportunity, just in case right now you can't tell me how long it's been, hopefully in just a minute you will be able to tell me how long it's been. 
Because if you feel so inclined, don't you do it because there's preachers up here telling you, you ought to do it. You do it because you know you're in a relationship with God if you know Christ is your Savior. And you know right now that you feel like you need to kneel before Him and thank Him for all that He's done for you. I'm going to stop for a moment. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to move from where you are into the aisle. Or if you want to just turn around and kneel right in your chair. Or if you can fit down inside of the aisle. And I want to give all of you a chance right now to take time and kneel before God. And then we're going to pray in just a moment. How long has it been? It's Thanksgiving. Will you move right now and kneel before God? Our Father, Lord, we thank you that you're a great God and a great King. We thank you that you've provided the foundation of our salvation, that Jesus is the rock upon which we can stand. Father, we thank you that he's the rock of ages, that he's the one we can always trust in. Lord, as we think about this holiday called Thanksgiving, Let it be that for us. Call us this week to be mindful of all that you do for us. To be thankful for the air that we breathe. For the the water, for for the food, the sunshine. Be thankful for our families. Be thankful that you speak to us through your word. We thank you for your word. Father, most of all, we thank you for salvation. Father, we pray, God, that you'll call us. If there's, if there's people here, if, if we here would have to say, we've not kneeled before you as we should. God, call us to that more. God, call us daily to spend time with you and to kneel before you and to worship you and to thank you with joy in our hearts because of what Christ did for us. Words in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When you're done through praying, you can return to your seat. Really good week for God to lay this on my heart. He must have known I was going to be sick and have this congestion. Good week for a short message for me. Lastly, I want you to notice this as to why we ought to be thankful to God. We ought to be thankful to Him because we need to praise Him or give Him thanksgiving instead of complaining. I don't know about you, I'm awfully quick to complain sometimes, aren't you? The children of Israel, that's kind of part of their DNA. (laughs) They were really quick to complain. Then God sends Moses to get them out of Egypt. They're set free a few days out in the desert. They start complaining. Start being critical. It's like they forgot 
how bad it was when they were in bondage and they wanted to go back to it because there's some melons and some leeks and things like that they wanted to eat. It's like they forgot that the God who got them out of Egypt could also feed them and give them water and sustain their lives. Look what it said in the second part of verse 7 through verse 11. <clears throat> Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah and as you did that day at Massa in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did. God said, because of that, for 40 years, he was angry with that generation. They also refused to go in and possess the promised land by a lack of faith in God. That whole generation had to die off. God said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never Enter my rest. There's some references here to what had taken place in the nation of Israel as they're there in the wilderness. One reference is this. I've already alluded to it. <clears throat> they are there and they're thirsty. And they're complaining and they're being critical like God had delivered them just to let them die of thirst and food out in the wilderness. So they're there complaining and having strife. The, the word Meribah actually means this. It means strife, quarreling, contention, or complaining. That's what they're doing. They're filled with strife. They're complaining against God. Now stop for a minute. You see what God said there, though they had seen what I did? There might be a two, two-fold thing going on there. One, God is saying this, you should have seen my power when I brought you out of Egypt, so you ought to figure out I can take care of you out in the wilderness. But also think about this. Think about all the plagues and how God had revealed himself in his mighty power. Wouldn't you think twice maybe about getting out in the desert and start complaining about God? <laughs> What if he decides he's sending the plague your way? And yet that's what they do. They forget what God had done for them. They forget all the plagues, all the mighty miracles, all the power that he used to free them. And they're out in the desert now complaining. Guys, I'm afraid that's how we are a lot. You see, God sent me free from bondage. I was in bondage to sin. He didn't send Moses. He sent his own son to die on the cross for my sins to set me free from my bondage. But regrettably, a lot of times I forget what he did for me. And I get over here and I'm complaining about stuff like the God who put his son on the cross and raised him from the dead can't take care of my daily needs. Can't take care of the junk that I'm facing in my life. And they were complaining. Instead of complaining, we ought to be thankful. Instead of complaining about circumstances in our life, we ought to thank the God that got us out of Egypt, that got us out of our sin, that got us out of bondage. We need to be thankful instead of being people that just complain. 
The word masa that Moses gave to that area also means this. To test or to tempt God. They are testing and they are tempting God. They get to where they're whining again about water later on. Man, they're forgetful. (laughs) And they start whining about it again. And Moses does something, as I said earlier, he shouldn't have done. He hits the rock the second time. Without God telling him to. And he hits it in anger. That kept Moses from going into the promised land, by the way. But it all took place because there was a bunch of people there who were complaining as though they had forgotten all that God had done for them. God, help us that this week when we think about Thanksgiving, we will be thankful instead of sitting around and complaining all the time. Being negative and complaining. If you need to put some perspective one day on what your life is really like and what you're facing in your life, just take a trip down to Baptist Hospital and go through Brenner's Children Ward where they, te- where they treat the children for cancer. You'll come away with a different perspective. Understand all that God does for us and be thankful instead of being complaining all the time. This story also mentions something else. <clears throat> About the children of Israel. When he said 40 years, I was angry with that generation. He's alluding to the fact when they came up to Kadesh Barnea the first time. You see, the children of Israel didn't have to wander for 40 years. God brought them on a pretty direct path, getting them to the chance to go into the promised land. But when they get there, they send some spies over to figure out if it's okay to go in and possess the land that God gave them. It's like they get a committee together to check out God's will. <laughs> uh, Baptist churches do that a lot. Churches do that a lot in general. Let's get a committee together and figure it out. Hey, if God said to do something, you don't have to figure it out. You just have to go do it. It doesn't matter how a committee votes or doesn't vote on it. If you know something is God's will, it's God's will. But instead, they go and they look, two of the spies come back and they say, oh, God, you know, can help us. We take the land. The rest of them said, there are giants in the land and there are all cities in the land. And here's what they did. They allowed themselves to see the giants in the wall cities when what God wanted them to do was this. God wanted them to see that he's a great God. God wanted them to trust in him and march into the promised land and understand the same God that got them out of Egypt will give them the promised land. But instead, out of a lack of faith, they complain, and they're doubtful, and they wind up wandering for 40 years until that generation dies. Now, you may be wondering to yourself, how, <clears throat> how does that apply to us today? The Bible said, today, if you hear his voice, Don't harden your heart. So right now, as we think about Thanksgiving in this part of our service today, if you hear God's voice telling you to stand up and be thankful, don't harden your heart. Instead, stand up 
and give God the glory and the thanksgiving. That's what this week ought to be about. Don't worry about what someone else in the church will think. You're giving thanksgiving to God. You're not standing up to impress somebody else. And at the same time, as I give you the opportunity to stand up and give thanksgiving to God, do it in a way that other people can hear so it can bless their lives. Don't do it just to be seen. Do it if God tells you to do it. And here's why. That whole generation wondered and didn't ever enter into rest because they heard the voice of God and didn't obey the voice of God. Today, if God tells you, you need to stand up and be thankful, you need to stand up and be thankful because if not, you're going to leave this place, go home, and not have peace in your heart because you failed to do what God told you to do. By the way, you that are on the video doesn't mean that you opt out of this. If God tells you to be thankful today, you're thankful today also. You are listening to Sermon Audio from Dayton Church. If you have any questions about God, faith, or our church, email us at info at dayfreechurch.com. And for more information, find us on the web at dayfreechurch.com.